Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Hey guys, my name is Tim. Tonight's Bible reading is uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. So Hebrews chapter 4 starting from verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Tim. Uh, evening, everyone. My name's Ron. Uh, as Chris mentioned earlier, it's great to be with you tonight. Have you ever been in a situation and wondered to yourself, how did I get here? Perhaps uh, it's been literally that you've been lost somewhere and how did I get here? Perhaps it's been in the middle of a conversation with someone where you've been, how did I get here? Or perhaps it's some other environment that you found yourself in that you really didn't want to be in. Have you ever been in that situation and wondered, how did I get here? Earlier this year, I found myself in that sort of situation asking that question, how did I get here, about ministry and life. It was in the middle of an amazing tropical Queensland holiday while enjoying warm air, bright sunshine, blue skies, fresh air and cooling waters. Why wouldn't you ask, how did I get here? But I found myself asking that question, how did I get here? Now, to be sure, I hadn't forgotten about the plane trip, uh, despite rumours that Harry Roberts might put out. I'm not quite that old. I hadn't forgotten about the plane. The question was, uh, just came on me like a ton of bricks. Like a ton of bricks that I'd felt, and you know this feeling, I'd been holding up for some time and suddenly it came crashing down. These bricks for me were a gruelling season of ministry and some difficult personal uh, circumstances that we were in and it just landed on top of me in that moment. How did I get here? What have we just been through? And while that started very personally with me, before long, uh, I was wondering about the staff team here at St Matt's. What have we been through? How did we get here? And also wondering about you, the people of St Matt's. Whether you've only been at St Matt's this year or whether you've been here a few years or many you will have a sense of some of the tough journey that we have been on together. As I pondered those things, I realised something about myself. I realised that when ministry intensity heats up, and it had been pretty hot, I load up. That's my response. I take more on myself, more expectation more demands and the more I take on, the more I am unable to achieve it all. So what do I do? Probably similar to you. 
I take on more. And as I take on more, what I find is that I experience more. More failure. More doubt. More guilt. More condemnation. And I don't think that's just me. And I don't think that's just ministry. This isn't meant to be my therapy session. I think this is about us. Do you find yourself doing that in life? More, 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 more. Bang! How did I get here? Do you load yourself up with expectation and demand only to be smashed by a sense of failure or guilt or condemnation. How did we get here? What have we been through? And is this how we're meant to live? In that tropical pool, <coughs> excuse me, in that tropical pool, God began reminding me not only how unsustainable such practices were, but how far away they are from what he has designed for his people to live in. A life of joy, a life of peace, a life of rest. And so a new question started to form in me and initially it wasn't one question, it wasn't clear, it was a whole lot of questions that I was asking myself. But essentially I was asking, if all this is unsustainable and unhealthy, what will replace it? That question got to the question, what will lead me home? This is what's got me here. What will lead me home? And I started to realise that what I needed wasn't more hours in the day. And what I needed wasn't for increased competency, though that wouldn't go astray in a few areas, I can admit that. What I needed wasn't even for more opportunities to escape from worldly troubles. What I needed, God was teaching me, because apparently after 30 plus years of following Jesus, I'm a bit slow and I still haven't learnt it. What I needed was more grace. Grace leads us home. As we seek to be a community of lifelong disciples of Jesus, engaging our world with grace and truth, our focus for 2023 is to be a place of grace and a people of grace. A place of grace and a people of grace. Our culture constantly demands more from us. More work. Work more. See more. Do more. Travel more. Achieve more. Tolerate more. Relate more. More, more, more. And it's tiring, isn't it? It's burdensome. More, more. God desires to give more grace. God's vision is that his people will be a place where grace is found. A people through whom grace oozes. Grace isn't a new idea for Christians. 
we are a people of grace. We know that grace is essential for salvation. Grace has got us to be his people. We know that. We pride ourselves on knowing that. But do we rely on grace for our sanctification? Do we rely on grace for our Christian growth? Is grace leading me home? Is grace leading us home? And no doubt our heads say yes, but often our lives say something different. Consider just for a moment uh, some of our language, the word should. How often do you use that word? Should is the language of duty. Should is the posture of expectation. Should says, grace may have got you here, but you'd better do a good job of getting yourself home. Grace leads us home. Hebrews 4.16, which Tim read to us a moment ago, reminds believers of the need for grace and of the availability of grace day in, day out, as we approach the throne of grace because of what Jesus has done. It's not just God's grace that brings us into his throne room, but it's God's grace that helps us in our time of need. And man, we need grace. It's salvation by grace and it's sanctification by grace, ongoing Christian growth by grace. Jesus opened the way of grace not just to bring us salvation once, but so that he could lavish his grace on us day by day by day. Grace leads us home. So then how can we be a place of grace? A place of grace never outgrows grace. God graciously has given to us ways or means of experiencing his grace. We can call these the means of grace. And you can see some of them on the table up there grouped into four different areas. And I, I'm aware of the irony of saying we don't need more and then just putting this table on you, right? So before you just sit there and go, okay, now I've got a ticket box on all those things, that's not what it's there for. This is God's way of inviting us to experience him. He says, come to me with your devotional life and experience my grace. Come to me in all of your relationships and experience my grace. Come to me in generosity and experience my grace. Come to me in rest and experience my grace. We're going to spend time considering those things, next, some of those things next year and then we'll come back to them in years gone by, particularly the ones up there in bold, prayer, celebration, hospitality and creation. But you might look at these, uh, some of you might look at these and go, oh, they're like the, what we've called the, the Christian disciplines or spiritual disciplines. And that's a fairly modern term and it's not incorrect at all. That is what we've called them. And I've been very much formed in that thinking of Christian disciplines or spiritual disciplines 
and, and in many ways very helpfully. But the risk of using that language is that it strips grace away and makes it all about what I have to do. The means of grace is a way of reminding us that it's all about grace. Make no mistake, Scripture does talk about putting to death old ways of life. We're encouraged to train ourselves in godliness. There's definite intention required by disciples of Jesus in our ongoing growth and sanctification. The means of grace isn't just rebranding, it's changing our posture. It's coming to these things in response to God's gracious invitation, not out of a sense of duty that somehow I have to do these things and tick all these boxes so that I can be a good Christian. It's a change in posture for us. It acknowledges that we actually can't do it and we need God's grace. It's a way of saying both individually and together that grace leads us home. The Christian life was never meant to be lived, separated from grace. Jesus takes us constantly to the throne of grace and we find gracious help for our need, whatever the circumstance. Whether it's illness, whether it's stress around an exam, whether it's fractured relationships that you're trying to work your way through. In all of it, verse 15 reminds us that Jesus empathises with us. He walks with us. Grace walks alongside us every step of the way. And grace leads us home. We want to be a place of grace. And as we are being a place of grace, we will lean into being people of grace. Over the course of this week or last few weeks or even this year, I've been thinking a lot about grace. But this week, I've also been thinking about the word disgrace. The common way that we use that word, the meaning that we ascribe to it, is that sense of shame or loss of respect. But it can be also used in a much more literal way, i.e. disgrace, being out of favour or out of grace. How often, as a Christian, do you feel shame? How often do you feel like, I'm not a very good Christian? I think disgrace is far too common a feeling in the Christian community. Sometimes actions bring public shame on the name of Jesus. But just leaving that aside for a moment, I have this instinct that many of us carry this sense of disgrace as Christians. Where's disgrace come from? I think it often comes from not meeting expectations. And perhaps they're expectations of others, whether they're real expectations or what we've perceived others expect from us. But I don't think that's the main place our expectations come from. 
I think the main place our expectations come from is right here. It's us. More often, we are the ones who expect things great from ourselves. More often, we find ourselves unable to do the things that we want to do. We fall short of our own mark. And when we fall short, we have two options. Either we can wallow in disgrace or we can run to grace. And my fear for me and for us is that most often we choose the former. We wallow in disgrace. We play the tape over and over in our heads that tells us that we're not good enough, that we can't do it. And we wallow in disgrace, beating ourselves up. Jesus invites us to run to him, to run to the throne of grace and there find grace to help us in our time of need, to find grace that leads us home. The Apostle Paul talks about this very thing in Romans chapter 7 in verse 19. He says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but evil I do not want to do. This I keep doing. He wrestles with that sense of shame and disgrace and he says, What a wretched man I am. But he resolves it. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, with grace. Therefore, he says, because of Jesus, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, people of grace are never disgraced. Did you hear that? If you're a person of grace, If you're a follower of Jesus, followers of Jesus are never disgraced. You're never separated from grace. Grace has brought you safe thus far, as another old hymn says, and grace will lead you home. Back in that tropical pool, I was asking myself, how did we get here? And over the course of the year, I've come to realise that at least part of the answer for myself is that I've lived in ungrace. As I was debriefing some of what was going on uh, for me with a psychologist, her first strategy to me was, was this, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself, Ron. I can still hear, hear her telling me that. Be kind to yourself. Sounds really simple, doesn't it? Does anyone else find that really hard? Be kind to yourself. Like, I want to be driven. And so to be driven, I need to be tough on myself. I need to be demanding of myself. I want to be strong. And if I'm really honest, I want to be stronger than the next person. And so I need to be hard on myself. I can't be kind to myself. I want to be stoic. You know, to be able to let things hit me and bounce off and get on with things. But in all of that, what I'm essentially saying 
is I can get me home. But I can't. I can't get me home. And you can't get you home. Grace leads us home. Jesus says, don't don't even worry about being kind to yourself. Live in my grace. Come into my grace. Let me lavish my grace upon you. Let me be kind to you. That's his invitation to us. To find grace in our time of need. To let grace lead us home. But that can be just as hard as being kind to yourself. And so that's why we want to spend time thinking about how we lean in to God's means of grace, that we might be a place of grace and a people of grace. I'm going to play a song in a moment. I'm not. A song's going to play in a moment, and that'll be much better for you. And uh, as that song plays, I just want you to sit and reflect on grace, perhaps even right now, to receive grace in your time of need.
Thank you for grace and thank you that not only did you bring us to yourself by grace but that you lead us home by grace. Strengthen us to lean into your grace and live in it that we might be a place of grace and a people of grace. For the honour of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, 
check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.